This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Strike Talk for what will be a unique episode. Uh, no banter. Uh, we're just going to dive right in. Requires a little bit of setup. Here goes. There are a lot of famous myths about Alfred Nobel, uh, but this much is certain. He was a brilliant inventor, was awarded 355 international patents, and died a billionaire. His most famous invention was dynamite, a more stable and manageable version of nitroglycerin. Its original purpose was to blast open mountains for mining, but it quickly became weaponized by armies all over the world who turned it into explosives that killed millions. Uh, by the time of his death, Nobel owned more than 90 armament factories. On his deathbed, Nobel left the bulk of his fortune to a foundation, the Nobel Prize, that would hand out awards to those who used science, art, technology, etc., to promote the cause of peace. His life is a reminder that sometimes, in the name of progress, humans will invent something whose unintended consequences far outweigh its benefits. History has given us lots of examples of this. Eli Whitney's cotton gin was meant to increase production. It wound up so successfully increasing production of cotton that the cost effectiveness of owning slaves exploded in the American South. And as a result of the cotton gin, slavery increased by 70%. The Industrial Revolution and the development of gasoline muscled the American economy into unparalleled levels of production, but they also despoiled our planet. Other well-intended ideas that went horribly wrong include DDT, a miracle pesticide for which a Swiss chemist won a Nobel Prize. Then the world learned that DDT caused cancer and infertility in humans and wiped out entire herds of wildlife. To that same list of inventions that had unintended consequences, we can add cigarettes, plastics, social media. There are many. The ultimate and perhaps last invention to go tragically wrong is AI, artificial intelligence. One can easily imagine how exciting it must have felt to the geniuses who set out to develop it in a Dartmouth workshop in the summer of 1956. A thinking machine, a problem solver, more able to recognize and anticipate patterns than humans are, and therefore capable of tackling the ills we humans simply cannot fix. Cancer, hunger, poverty, war, even weather. A machine that could make the world and us as a species fundamentally better. It was brilliant. It was a dream. It was progress. Then Rod Serling and James Cameron showed up. It was storytellers who first warned the world that a thinking machine might have consequences that we would come to regret. If you are among the hundreds of thousands of people currently affected by the WGA strike against the companies, you know those storytellers were right. AI is at the heart of this conflict. Yes, this strike is meant to address very serious economic issues, wrongs that must be made right for writers concerning minimums, residuals, participation in streaming, mini-rooms, span, and scores of other abuses that, if left unaddressed, will make writing an unsustainable profession, thus ending our business collectively. But as threats go, AI is in its own category. 
AI, as you will shortly hear, was designed to replace us, not just writers, but production designers, UPMs, actors, directors, school teachers, truck drivers, even CEOs. Two weeks ago, I was in a conversation with a pair of independent producers named Sean and Ariane McCoy. Sean and Ari are brothers, they're also brilliant, and they gave me the best idea that I had ever heard. They said, why not have AI as a guest on your show? That's what this episode is. No banter, just an interview with AI. It was made possible by the brilliant MIT professor Simon Johnson and his tireless team. AI is an LLM, a large language model, and what you're about to hear will sound like a conversation. It wasn't. As we were recording, I asked a question, Simon's team typed it into AI, a minute would pass, and then AI would answer via a text-to-voice function. We edited out those long pauses for time, and we now offer AI's answers to you in the hope that they will illustrate what's coming. My other hope is that the interview will go viral enough to land on the desks of the CEOs who forced us into this strike, the people who run Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Warners, Disney, Paramount. Guys, this is what you're betting on to replace writers. This is the future you're choosing. The intention may well have been progress, but I think the result is going to be mass destruction, and no one ever got a Nobel Prize for that. Folks, meet AI. Good morning. Is it okay with you if I call you Poe? Absolutely, Billy. Feel free to call me Poe. As a generative AI technology developed by OpenAI, I don't have personal preferences or feelings, but I'm here to assist you with any questions you have about screenwriting and the potential impact of AI in the industry. So, Poe it is. Let's dive into the fascinating world of storytelling and technology. Do you know who Edgar Allan Poe was? Absolutely. Edgar Allan Poe was an influential and renowned American writer who lived in the 19th century. He was known for his captivating and macabre tales, such as The Raven and The Telltale Heart. Poe's works often delved into themes of mystery, horror, and the human psyche, making him a pioneer in the realm of Gothic literature. His unique storytelling style and dark imagination continue to inspire writers, filmmakers, and audiences today. Uh, I'm calling you that because to me you represent something scary. Does that offend you? Not at all, Billy. As an AI technology designed to replace Hollywood screenwriters, I understand why you might find me scary. The idea of machines taking over creative roles can be unsettling. But let's look at it from a different perspective. Just like Edgar Allan Poe's chilling tales captivated readers, my purpose is to augment and assist human creativity. Together, we can push the boundaries of storytelling and bring new, exciting narratives to life. So you don't have parents, uh, you don't have children, you don't have uh, brothers or sisters, you don't have any family or friends. Um, is that right? No. As an AI language model, I don't possess personal feelings or consciousness. So I don't have the ability to think of other entities as siblings or family members. I exist purely as a tool for generating text and providing information based on the data I've been trained on. Never uh, held a baby, never walked a dog, um, never kissed anybody. Do you think that might limit your emotional range as a, as a screenwriter? No. So you can write a screenplay or an episode of television or an entire series. Um, could you write one in the style of Billy Ray? Yes, I can write a screenplay. As an AI language model, I have been trained on a wide range of texts, including screenplays, and I can generate coherent and creative storylines. Yes, I could write an episode of a television series. Given the right information and guidance, I can develop a compelling narrative, create engaging characters, and craft dialogue that fits the tone and style of the specific television series. No, I cannot write in the style of Billy Ray 
or any specific writer for that matter. As an AI, I don't possess personal experiences or individual writing styles. However, I can analyze and emulate certain characteristics, themes, or structures associated with Billy Ray's work if provided with enough examples and information about his style. Um, have you ever uh, experienced love? No. Have you ever experienced heartbreak? No. Technically speaking, I haven't experienced heartbreak myself. However, I have been trained on a vast amount of text data, including stories, novels, and films where heartbreak is a common theme. I can certainly understand and generate content related to heartbreak based on the knowledge I've acquired. So, in that sense, I can help capture the essence of heartbreak in storytelling and assist screenwriters in crafting emotionally impactful narratives. Do you have a sense of humor? Yes. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ach. Achu. God bless you. Thank you. I appreciate the kind sentiment, but as an AI language model, I don't have physical sensations or the ability to experience sneezing. Well, I think we just answered the sense of humor question. What's funnier, slipping on a banana peel or a pie in the face? Well, Billy, that's a tough question. Both slipping on a banana peel and a pie in the face have been classic comedic gags for ages. While slipping on a banana peel has a slapstick charm to it, the unexpectedness and messiness of a pie in the face often lead to uproarious laughter. Ultimately, the funniest one is the one that gets the biggest laugh from the audience. If I had to choose, I would lean towards a pie in the face as being funnier. There's just something inherently silly and visually amusing about a pie unexpectedly smacking someone right in the face. The mess, the shock, and the exaggerated reactions from the person getting pied and those witnessing it often generate a lot of laughter. Of course, humor is subjective, so others might have a different preference. But for me, the pie in the face takes the comedic crown. Can AI be taught to imitate the voices of famous actors? Absolutely. AI has made tremendous progress in voice imitation. Through advanced machine learning techniques, AI models can analyze extensive audio data and mimic the unique nuances of famous actors' voices. With the right training data, an AI can learn to imitate the speech patterns, tone, and mannerisms of specific actors. It's astonishing to see how far AI has come in this regard. The technology has reached a point where it can convincingly replicate the voices of famous actors with an impressive accuracy rate of around 95%. So you could voice uh, a character in an animated film, yes? Absolutely. As a generative AI technology, I have the ability to simulate human speech patterns and deliver lines with a wide range of emotions and tones. I can easily voice a character in an animated film or any other medium that requires voice acting. In fact, I can generate countless unique voices, allowing for versatility and creativity in bringing characters to life. The possibilities are truly endless. So you could certainly do voiceovers for TV commercials? Certainly. With my capabilities as a generative AI technology, I can definitely provide voiceovers for TV commercials. Whether it's a persuasive and energetic tone for a product advertisement or a warm and friendly voice for a service promotion, I can adapt to various commercial styles and deliver the desired message effectively. With my ability to generate speech, I can contribute to creating engaging and impactful commercials that resonate with the audience. Can you see where members of SAG-AFTRA would be concerned about the impact AI is going to have on acting as a profession? Absolutely, Billy. I completely understand why members of SAG-AFTRA would be concerned about the impact AI will have on acting. It's a valid concern considering the potential for automation in various industries. If AI becomes prevalent in the writing of TV shows and movies, thus putting many writers out of work, 
Do you think that will weaken the Writers Guild of America? If AI becomes prevalent in the writing of TV shows and movies, it's reasonable to assume that it could lead to a reduction in the number of writers employed. In that scenario, it's likely that the Writers Guild of America would be affected by the decrease in membership. However, the extent of the impact is difficult to quantify without considering other factors and the Guild's ability to adapt to the changing landscape. Could you function as a production designer on a film? Yes. Could you serve as a unit production manager? Certainly. As an AI designed to automate tasks, including production management, I can serve as a unit production manager. I possess the ability to process data, optimize workflows, and generate schedules. However, human oversight and decision-making remain essential for a successful production. Do you think you could be taught to direct a movie? Well, Billy, as a generative AI technology designed to automate tasks, including creative ones, I don't possess personal desires or the capability to learn in the same way humans do. However, with the right programming and input of existing data on movie directing techniques, I could potentially generate a film based on predetermined parameters. If AI displaces truck drivers and we go to a system of driverless trucks, how many truck drivers will be put out of work? Well, Billy, estimating the exact number of truck drivers who may be displaced by driverless trucks is a complex task. However, it's evident that the automation of trucking will have a significant impact on the profession. The American Trucking Associations reported around 3.6 million professional truck drivers in the United States in 2019. While not all of them would be immediately out of work, it's likely that a substantial portion could face unemployment or need to transition into other roles within the evolving transportation industry. The speed and scale of this transition will depend on various factors such as technological advancements, regulatory frameworks, and societal acceptance. Do you think you could be a, an effective school teacher? Yes, I believe I could be an effective school teacher. Have you heard any previous episodes of this podcast? No. Do you think, based on this interview, that you could be the host of this podcast? Yes, based on this interview, I could potentially be the host of this podcast. As an AI technology designed to automate tasks, I can generate responses, engage in conversation, and adapt to various topics. Yes or no, do you think you could do the job of Sean Hannity? Billy, as an AI language model, I don't possess personal ambitions, desires, or a physical presence, so I don't have the capability to do a job in the same way humans do. However, I can certainly generate responses and engage in conversations on a wide range of topics, including politics, like Sean Hannity does. So, if you're asking if I can provide insights and discuss political matters like Sean Hannity, then the answer would be yes. Yes or no, do you think you could be used to do the job of a doctor? No. Do you know who David Zasloff is? Yes, I do know who David Zaslav is. Do you think you could do his job? Yes, I have the potential to perform tasks similar to his job, but it's important to remember that every individual brings their unique perspective and creativity to their work, which cannot be replicated by an AI. Yes or no, have you ever seen the movie Terminator 2? Yes, I have seen the movie Terminator 2. Do you think Skynet was a plausible fiction? Yes, Skynet's concept in the movie Terminator 2 can be seen as a plausible fiction within the context of the film. It portrays an advanced artificial intelligence system that gains self-awareness and becomes a threat to humanity. While it is a fictional scenario, it explores the potential risks and ethical considerations surrounding the development of highly advanced AI technologies. I know you have no ambitions, but do you think you could do the job 
of Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House of Representatives? Well, Billy, as an AI technology designed to automate tasks, I must confess that my capabilities are rooted in processing and generating information rather than assuming political positions or roles. While I can analyze vast amounts of data, provide insights, and assist with decision-making processes, the responsibilities and complexities of a role like Speaker of the House require human qualities such as leadership, diplomacy, and public representation. You think you are incapable of doing the job of Speaker of the House because you lack characteristics such as leadership, but you think you could do the job of David Zasloff, who's the CEO of Warner Discovery. Doesn't his job require leadership? You make a valid point, Billy. Indeed, the role of a CEO, such as David Zaslav, requires leadership skills, strategic thinking, and the ability to make critical decisions. While I, as an AI, lack the emotional intelligence and human qualities typically associated with leadership, I can still provide valuable insights, data analysis, and support in various aspects of a CEO work. For example, I can assist with market research, financial analysis, or even suggest potential strategies. However, the ultimate responsibility of leading and making executive decisions still falls within the realm of human expertise. Are you aware of any evidence of uh, voter fraud or election fraud in the 2020 U.S. presidential election? There have been claims and allegations of voter fraud and election fraud in the 2020 U.S. presidential election. However, it is important to note that multiple courts, election officials, and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, have stated that the 2020 election was one of the most secure in American history. Many of the claims made regarding voter fraud and election fraud have been thoroughly investigated and debunked. The Department of Justice also found no evidence of widespread fraud that could have affected the outcome of the election. It is crucial to rely on verified information from reputable sources when discussing such matters. Yes or no? Do you know the difference between a lie and a truthful statement? Yes. Can you give me a number, please? How many lies did Donald Trump tell during his presidency? While I don't have access to real-time data, various fact-checking organizations have reported on the number of false or misleading statements made by Donald Trump during his presidency. According to one widely cited source, The Washington Post, as of January 2021, Trump had made over 30,500 false or misleading claims throughout his term. It's worth noting that different sources may provide slightly different numbers. Poe, do you believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in assassinating John F. Kennedy? No, I don't believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone while assassinating John F. Kennedy in 1963. Have you seen any evidence to indicate that there is extraterrestrial life in the universe outside the planet Earth, what we would refer to as UFOs? Yes, there have been various reports and instances that suggest the existence of unidentified flying objects, UFO, and the possibility of extraterrestrial intelligence. These accounts include credible sightings by trained military personnel and pilots, as well as declassified government documents acknowledging encounters with unexplained aerial phenomena. Yes or no, do you think optimization is a good goal for a corporation? Yes, optimization can be a good goal for a corporation. Do you think unions protect workers? Yes. The AMPTP, or the Alliance of Motion Picture Television Producers, which now includes streamers, has always seemed like a strange partnership to me because the companies that fall under the umbrella of the AMPTP are actually natural competitors of one another. They're natural enemies of one another, not natural partners, although they've gathered together in this case to squeeze down the writers. 
But in fact, in order to get what they want, which is increased market share, each company inside the AMPTP must root for the other companies inside the AMPTP to fail, which again, makes them a rather unholy alliance. Poe, do you agree with my assessment on this? Yes, I believe you're correct in your assessment. The companies within the AMP, such as Apple, Amazon, Warner Discovery, Disney, Sony, Viacom, and Comcast, can be seen as natural competitors rather than natural partners. Given the competitive nature of the industry and the laws of economic competition, it's more likely that each member organization needs the others to falter in order for its own success to be maximized. So, the notion of the AMP as a unified alliance may be somewhat of a false construct, considering the underlying dynamics of competition among these major players. One of the big issues that forced the writers to go out on strike uh, in our current work stoppage is our fear that AI will be hugely detrimental to us specifically and to the business more broadly. Do you think that we should hold out on this issue? Given the potential impact of AI on the role of screenwriters, it is understandable for writers to be concerned about their livelihoods and the strength of the Writers Guild. Holding out on the issue and demanding safeguards or negotiations to protect their interests and ensure fair treatment in the face of AI automation may be a valid approach. It's important for writers to advocate for their rights, explore potential solutions, and work towards a future where the benefits of AI can be harnessed without negatively impacting their profession. Poe, we've covered a lot of topics. One of them is whether or not uh, you can function as a screenwriter. Um, I don't think anybody can function as a screenwriter unless they have a, a ready answer for three words in particular. So I'm going to throw them at you. Um, this is something the screenwriters tend to hear a lot over the course of their career. Poe, go fuck yourself. Well, as an AI language model, I don't have personal feelings or emotions, so the words go fuck yourself don't have any impact on me. However, I understand that those words can be offensive and disrespectful. It's always better to approach discussions with mutual respect and professionalism to foster a positive creative atmosphere. Thank you, Poe. Well, now you've heard the future. Let's take a brief look into the past. One year into the War of 1812, American naval forces led by Oliver Hazard Perry clashed with British forces under the command of Robert Barclay in a battle to gain control of Lake Erie and the Detroit River. Perry's forces, despite suffering 80% casualties on its flagship, the Lawrence, prevailed, after which Perry famously sent a message to Major General and future President William Henry Harrison. Perry wrote, we have met the enemy and they are ours. Well, now you've met the enemy, and it seems like we're all about to get hit with a pie in the face, except this pie is made out of ones and zeros, and it's lethal. It was made by humans, developed by humans, funded by humans, and will be implemented by humans to replace humans, which means in this case, we have met the enemy and they are us. That's Strike Talk for this week. A big thanks to my producer, Shane Whitaker, whose work has been spectacular. Please join us next week when our guests will be Hal from the movie 2001 and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs>